want more. They would want more communication or they they weren't truly satisfied. Um, it wasn't really filling them up. It was, they were grateful for it. Um, and maybe it was of some comfort, but it wasn't the end all. It was, it was just a, like a bandaid. So I continued down that path for a while and I ended up having lunch with a very, very good friend and his spiritual teacher, who I would say he would call a guru. She asked me point blank, Julie, how do you know who you're communicating with? And I said, well, I feel very strongly like that I'm communicating with my spirit guides or angels, and I feel like they're helping me. And she said, you know, according to my faith, there's all types of spiritual beings that exist on the spiritual realm or the spiritual level. And that just started getting me thinking, like I had all these questions in my mind about why I was doing what I was doing, um, what that was all about. I came home and I told my husband, I need to stop doing what I'm doing. I need to stop with this new age movement. I need to stop with this occult stuff. I, I, I have this, I have this feeling that this is wrong, that I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And I remember I had had a website and clients and I, I just completely took down the website. I, people would con try to contact me for more sessions. I would not do them. And, and, um, I think that I would say that I was wandering for some time, but I was still wanting to know about God. I was still searching for him. And I just started praying. I just wanted to know, I just wanted to know where he was and who he was and how I could find him. And so that really, um, that was on my mind at the beginning of summer. And it was in the middle of summer when I had an incredible encounter with God's love. I was walking very early one morning in the park and a complete stranger spoke to me. He was on a bench by the path that I was walking on. And he said, you know, it's a real nice day today. And I said, yeah, I guess. I had had the weight of the world on my shoulders, a lot going on in my mind. I had been through a lot. And I just felt the heaviness of life. And he stopped and he looked at me again and he said, you know, the Lord loves you. I put my head in my hands and I started to cry uncontrollably. I felt ashamed but I also felt relieved because I believed what he was saying to me. He got up and he started walking with me and ministering to me. And he said, I don't know what you've gone through or what you're going through, but the Lord loves you and he has always loved you. We kept walking. I kept crying. We finally came to a stop and he said, can I pray for you? And I said, yes, you can. And we shook hands and I left and I cried all the way back to my car and I came back home and I told my husband about everything that happened. It was a few short weeks after that, that I sat down at the dinner table and I told everybody around the dinner table, I'd really like to go to church. Could we go tomorrow? It's Sunday. And they asked where, and I said, there's this church right down the street from our house. Let's go there. And we did. And that day, they did what's called an altar call where you are invited to surrender to Jesus. 
And in that moment, I stood up and I was ready. I was ready to give my life to Christ. I was ready for surrender. Well, different people that I met, I would see these spirits and they look like like people, but they're transparent. And they would talk to me and tell me about the person and about their home life. Mara first heard spirits speaking to her at 13 while using a Ouija board with friends. But she believes it started before she was even born. In Cuba, my grandmother was a very renowned spiritist medium. When my mother was pregnant with me, she prayed over my mother's stomach. We would pray to the different saints. At 15, the lady that was babysitting me, she was involved in the occult. The lady my mom took me at 18 was involved in Santeria. I'm saying, okay, this is the way it is. I guess if you believe in God, this is what believing in God is. As she delved deeper into spiritism, she was convinced her gift was from God. I thought I was working for Jesus, and I thought I was helping people. Even the altar she built when she was an adult had Catholic symbols. It was um, like a triangle. I had a brandy sifter with water, a crucifix, and then the Bible opened to Psalms 23. I had cauldrons. Animal sacrifices were in there, and I felt a power, but it wasn't a good power. It felt like something else was in control. It wasn't me. Although Mara looked to the spirits for wisdom and direction, her life was in chaos and confusion. By her late 20s, she had divorced, remarried, and was without hope. I was very fearful. I was angry. My husband and I were fighting all the time. I always felt like there was an emptiness, a hole, something missing in my life. I even had thoughts of driving my car into a telephone pole and committing suicide. I'm like, I don't, I'm not happy. There's gotta be something better than this. I can, you know, I, I can read anything out of the Bible. I can read a Psalm, I can read any little verse, but I can never read anything out of the book of Revelations. And my uncle looked me dead in the eye. He said, that's because you're with the devil. And he said, you can't be with God and the devil at the same time. And I got angry. Mara went home determined to read through Revelation. I grabbed the Bible off the altar. I was going to start to read. The wall behind me started banging like, bah, 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 bah. and I got scared and I started to close up the Bible. But all of a sudden, it's like this presence entered this room, like the, a blanket of peace. The noise stopped instantly. That night, she read the entire book of Revelation. When I read the last word, which was Amen, literally something flew off my eyes. I had this knowledge, this knowing that Satan had used me and he had deceived me all of my life. So what you just heard are uh, people that used to be psychics and mediums found the truth and uh, when they found Jesus and uh, they changed their ways. Um, so what we're going to get into today, tonight, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, um, we're going to talk about mediums, psychics, uh, talking to the dead, spirit guides, that kind of thing. 
Um, just to forewarn you, if you hear any kind of background noise, it's probably the cord because I'm a person that has to stand and walk around when I talk and helps me to concentrate more. <laughs> but um, this is a very important <clears throat> podcast for me because there is a lot of this going on. Now, I want to I wanna say something first is that I know that over six years ago when I was involved in the paranormal community, a lot of people came forward and were criticizing me and saying that I was very hateful for what I was saying and everything. Let me get one thing straight. I don't hate anybody. What I say comes straight from the Holy Scriptures because I'm a pastor and that's just who I am I am separated upon I am separated by God which means ordained to preach the holy scriptures and spread the gospel message and my ministry specifically is designed to do deliverance by God that's who I am if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry. What I speak is the truth. I speak it from, now listen up, I speak it from experience, from my years involved in the occult, and my years doing many exorcisms. Not only that, through my conversations with demons okay now I want to get that through to a lot of you that are listening to this especially you in the paranormal community I do not hate you I am not criticizing anybody when I speak truth from the Holy Scriptures all I'm doing is pointing out an ancient document that was authored by the Holy Spirit, penned by kings, prophets, rabbis, poets, and so on. Seen as historical fact, proven by science, let me just give you one example that is proven by science. The Bible spoke about that a child does not clot until eight days after they're born. And now science just recently found out that, okay, well, we can only do really do a circumcision on a child until uh, eight days after because that's when they clot. They're just finding the stuff out. The Bible spoke about the earth being a spear in the book of Isaiah. While science back then actually believed that the earth was on the back of a giant turtle. Just to give you some, some, some facts. The Bible was also proven archaeologically. Archaeology proves the Bible. And so science is actually coming up to the Bible and eventually the paranormal community is going to find that out too and sadly what makes me very depressed about the whole situation 
is the paranormal community is going to find out things the hard way. So I'm the person, it's in the background of the paranormal community as your conscience, trying to tell you the truth, trying to tell you, hey, you're going to do things this way, and you're going to find out the hard way, and it's going to hurt. That's who I am. Why? Because I'm ordained by God. I have experience in the occult. A lot of you are doing. And I've done exorcisms and spoken to demons. And I've had interactions with angels. I'll get to that later. That may be another podcast we'll talk about about angels. One thing I want to get out of the way is that in the first podcast I mentioned that my grandfather was in World War One. I. I don't know why I said that, but he was in, he was actually in World War Two, not World War One. Just to correct that. But uh, let me get moving here on on this, and you're actually going to have a kind of a treat today because I'm going to give you an excerpt from my newest book that's coming up it's from uh, Anatomy of Demonic Possession so I'm going to read something from you from that here in a bit and uh, so let me just find my place here just looking through my book right now and the manuscript on my computer trying to find that because it's going to be added to what I'm going to be talking about spirits and and uh, spirit guides and um, mediums now I don't have anything against uh, mediums in the paranormal community personally like I said I love people I've met Chip Coffee before great guy wonderful guy you can have a sit down and have a conversation with him that kind of thing. I love him as a person, but what he's doing as a medium, that's wrong. Love Cindy Kanza, you know, from the Holster Files. I'm sure I never met her, but I'm sure that she has a great personality. You have a, you can sit down with her and have a great conversation with her. But what is she doing? Right? No, it's not. You know, after six years of the sabbatical that I've been on, being away from deliverance ministry and coming back to the paranormal community, I actually went to Michigan Paracon and um, walked around. And, you know, first of all, what the UPRS put on, UPPRS, is just great. They do a lot of hard work at it. To for the paranormal community and what they do, and I love these guys. I love them with all my heart. I actually go when I go up there. Every time I go up there, I ask them if they need any help because I love them and I love the people that that go there. Because I do my best to try to have the same love as Jesus has, but yet Jesus spoke the truth, and so am I. I'm sorry that a lot of you don't like it but that's just who I am I'm gonna tell you the truth and that's what this program is about and what you're going to hear today is gonna scare the hell out of you when I tell you the truth 
about uh, the whole psychic thing and mediums and that kind of thing and spirit guides. Now I know I, think, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, this guy just doesn't know what he's talking about. I hear my spirit guides all the time. Uh, I've talked to the dead, and they they are the people that are in the house and everything like that. Well, let's just agree to disagree. But I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. Now, I'll have to, have to find it here in a bit, but. Um, let me read you something here that I wrote down. Now, let's hear this. This is the big question. Is it okay to contact the dead? Is it okay to contact the dead? Mediums and psychics who believe who they uh, mediums and psychics who believe they contact the dead and receive communication from them. <clears throat> mediums and other psychics usually practice a kind of meditation, but not always, sometimes called centering, which is self-induced hypnotic trance or altered state. When, um, when I was in the occult in order to, when I communicated with spirits and my spirit guides, that's what I did. I got myself into a trance and to try and communicate with them. <clears throat> When someone is in this state, judging and thinking uh, faculties are suspended and the mind is open to any influence that may come in. Mediums are therefore receptive to sources like demons. They also may be picking up information from their observations or imagination. Which I could talk to you about if you, when you get anatomy of demonic possession, you understand all about the whole imagination thing. <clears throat> Although they may believe this is from the dead, some mediums use a special spirit guide called a control, who gives them information about the dead person. But what does God's word say? Because I've heard a lot of mediums in the paranormal community, and this is just tells me right up front that they don't read nothing of anything of God's word, and, and they just they have this warped um, conclusion about what God thinks, what God's words uh, says. But I'm sorry, but if you what I'm about to read you. If you're, if you believe that God gave you a gift of medianism and psychic power, that kind of thing, that's not the God of the Bible. What does the Bible say? <clears throat> no. Contacting spirits or spiritism, spiritualism, and the dead and consulting mediums is forbidden or condemned in the Bible. Leviticus chapter 19:31 chapter 20 verse 6 chapter 20 verse 27 you can go also go to Deuteronomy 18:11 Kings 21:6 1 Chronicles chapter 10 verses and, and uh, I'm sorry verses chapter 10 verses 18 
13, sorry, and 2, or I mean, I mean, uh, second, second Chronicles, let me just start over there. First Chronicles, chapter 10, verse 13, and then second Chronicles, chapter 33, verse 6, and Isaiah 18, verse 19. Those verses will tell you right there up front that God does not want anybody consulting with mediums or psychics. Now the thing is that back then, the Bible calls them uh, spiritists. But today the word is more updated to refer to them as psychics. So they're mediums and psychics. Back then, mediums and spiritists. So nobody, so God doesn't want, want you to consult with mediums or psychics. In 1 Samuel, because I get this a lot when I bring up this big argument. Well, what about Samuel? He talked to a medium, or I mean, excuse me, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, um, King Saul went to a medium and consulted the medium on, you know, because he, he didn't have Samuel anymore, the prophet, to have some sort of guidance from God. In 1 Samuel 28, Saul consulted a medium because he wanted advice from the dead prophet Samuel. Samuel appeared because God allowed it allowed his return in order to rebuke Saul. That's the whole reason. And actually, if you read that entire context, the medium was actually shocked at what she did actually worked. Samuel foretold the death of Saul and his sons, which happened as predicted. The Bible clearly states in First Chronicles chapter 10 verses 13 and 14 that one reason Saul was killed was because he had consulted a medium. Now, and I know a lot of you, and just to correct us ahead of time, because a lot of you in the paranormal community that are for mediums are going to come at me and say, well, well, God's going to strike me down then, according to the Bible, but I'm still here. Now, let me make one thing clear. That was the Mosaic Law. If you know anything about theology, you know that there's the Adamatic Law, the Patriarchal Law, the Mosaic Law, and the Law of Christ. There are four laws. Every new law that comes about accepts the previous law, adopts them, makes them null and void, but accepts them. They're still there. For example, under the Adamatic Law, the, under that law, men, men were supposed to work and women were supposed to give have pain and childbirth. That still happens. Under that same law, Clothes were formed. And that's still evident today by you wearing clothing. 
We still wear clothes today because of the Adamatic Law. So, the Mosaic, that was under the Mosaic Law that the reason why Saul was killed was because he consulted a medium for what he did. It was illegal under God's law. It still is, but according to the law of Christ, when you sin and you accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. The Bible says, Thy sins and iniquities I shall remember no more. But, Paul said one thing in the book of Acts that that is strikingly what we use, some of us, exorcists use, to help a person and demons to come forward, and that is the divine law. I personally use it all the time. He said that the law acts as a schoolmaster to help us to know what sin is. So now, a lot of people that are out there claiming to be mediums and psychics don't know the law. And I'm sure that if I sat down with you and talked to you and each and every one of you and gave you the law put and hang, hung you out in eternity, that your demons would come forward. And that's just from speaking from experience. You should also know, according to the scriptures, people have spirits, but they're not spirit beings. And humans don't become angels when they die. And we'll talk about angels in another podcast. The only spirit beings identified by the Bible are called angels. And those angels who have rebelled against God are called unclean spirits, evil spirits, demons. And you can look this up and I hope you write it down. First Kings chapter 22 verses 19 through 21 Mark chapter 5 verses 2 through 8 chapter 9, 9 verses 17 through 25 Luke chapter 4 verse 33 Luke chapter 9 verse 42 Acts chapter 16 16 through 18 chapter 19 verses 15 through 16 God completely forbids any effort to communicate with the dead or other spirits therefore even trying to contact angels is wrong angels who serve God are under his command not ours Hebrews chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 the only angels who respond to human attempts to contact them are fallen angels, evil spirits, demons. And though many people claim to see or hear from, from people who have recently died, there are alternative explanations for such phenomenon. So, the Bible makes, makes it very clear that 
there are no human spirits. When you die, you used to be under the automatic, the patriarchal, and mosaic laws that when you died, you either went to paradise or you went to Sheol. And when and in one of Jesus' parables, he actually talks about this, and the rich man and and Lazarus. You can look that up. And the thing is, is um, after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we now either go to heaven, Shemayim in Hebrew, or Sheol, which, uh, in, uh, which, is, which is called hell. So, we, we picked up the, the word hell basically from the North mythology. So, when uh, Jesus basically took everybody from paradise and brought them into heaven. And Sheol, or hell, was left alone. So here's a good, good, good question now. Sorry. Are there such things as ghosts and haunted houses? Many people have heard the expression... I see dead people. From the horror, horror film, The Sixth Sense, in fact, lots of movies and TV shows feature haunted houses and sightings of supposed ghosts as well as, as dramas about mediums who claim to actually see and hear dead people, and even pets. Stories about ghosts have been popular entertainment about around campfires for centuries. But should we believe them? So what does the Bible say about all this? The Bible says no. People do not remain on earth beyond death or return to haunt places or people. In Luke chapter 6, verses 9 through 31, Jesus describes a rich man who, was, who has died and is suffering in Hades, or Sheol. He wants to return to warn his brothers who are still alive, but he is forbidden to. So... Um, it's reasonable to conclude in 1 Samuel chapter 3 that God literally brings the prophet Samuel back from the dead because the medium was surprised by what she saw. This was a special appearance produced by God in order to pronounce judgment and doesn't justify efforts to contact the dead. Hebrews chapter 9 Verse 23 states, It is appointed unto man to die once, and then after this, the judgment. So are there, of course there are haunted houses. But when we, could, we look at the Bible as a whole, Peter talks about how 
The devil walks the earth like a roaring lion. What does a lion do? A lion likes to walk the walk about looking for its prey, looking for something to pounce on. And in fact, the devil is defeated. And if you ever seen a trapped animal, or an animal backed in the corner, it is more ferocious than it is if it was in the center of a room or in an open field. And that's the way the devil is and his demons, because they know their time. When the demons came out of the demoniac of Gadarim, they actually spoke to Jesus and said, Have you come to judge us before the time? They know their time. They know when they're going to be judged and placed into full torment into Sheol. And in fact, that place, Sheol, is where demons are actually supposed to be put into judgment, not humans. But we put ourselves in hell because we do not abide by God's divine law. That was the need for Jesus Christ. So, I am really concerned as somebody who's been in the, in the occult in my, in my youth, who has had a spirit guide, found out later that they're actually demons because it, it betrayed me and possessed me tried to kill me, tried to take my body in, in the middle of a cornfield and try to kill me. Yeah, that's my story. So you can't come to me and tell me, oh, I'm a medium, I'm a psychic medium, and I talk to spirits, and I have spirit guides because part of my language, I know you're full of shit because I've been there. And so my heart, I say this, I plead out to the paranormal community that I see right through you and please I am begging you do not consult mediums don't use them don't use psychics and I'll tell you why in just a moment why, why too and it will scare the hell out of you And I love you guys, I really do. And it's just really concerning because I feel like a grandpa trying to tell their children to knock it off, please stop, you don't know what you're doing, it's gonna hurt you, and it will. It'll come back to bite you, I promise you that. Now, a lot of the spiritualism stems from the late 1800s and I remember the author, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, talking about uh, being fascinated with the spiritism movement that was coming about. But there was one gentleman who I greatly admire, it was Houdini, who went around to all these mediums out there and was just exposing them as frauds. And he did it, and he just, he was very successful at it. And, uh, now, I'm not trying to make any kind of connection to Houdini whatsoever, but he what he did was he saw the fraud, and he he proved a lot of them. If you read his story, you read the what he wrote about the mediums, you find out just exactly how they did things, and he he exposed them for for what they did. 
the Bible also talks about how the devil will appear as an angel of light. Now that doesn't just apply to the devil, but it also applies to his fallen angels, his evil spirits, the unclean spirits as well. Demons want nothing more than to get your attention. They, they get your attention and then they have the ability to slide about into the, the, the scene world into more of a reality state because they live more imaginary within the, the human psyche spectrum. And I get more into that in my book, Anatomy of Demonic Possession. Once they can get your attention, they can have more of an existence. They need, and so what they would do is they would try to keep you awake, be attentive at night, touch you, do things so that make themselves aware to you so that you know that they're that, that you're they're that you're aware of them they'll slam stuff do stuff say stuff do whatever they can to keep their your attention upon them so that they can exist more in your reality now a lot of exorcists do not want to acknowledge evil. So when somebody, this is what happens when somebody gives me a case. They say, hey Greg, I have a poltergeist case. Or I have a demon that's in a home. Um, can you come in and look at it? People expect me to go in and investigate. I don't do investigations. I want to make that abundantly clear. A lot of exorcists are not going to do investigations. I'm just going to say no right ahead of time. Hey, can you look into this case for me? I'm going to say no. What you need to do, and this is the whole reason why there are paranormal groups. I think a lot of people have forgotten about this. What you need to do is you need to go and investigate that house. You need to get the evidence, video, audio, interviews, what have you. Write down your observations and then come to me and present the evidence show it to me so I can get th through what we have as exorcists called an objective diagnosis we will not believe a case is haunted or a person is possessed until there is evidence to show that there is something going on preternaturally supernaturally and it involves the invocation of God and the invitation of the Holy Spirit. You need to prove it to me that something is going on. And I'm sorry that has to be that way. I've, I've had a lot of arguments with people It's like and been criticized for in the past, but I'm like, do you not know how ex exorcists operate things? How we work? Are you just in the paranormal investigating ghost hunting just for fun? No, the whole reason from the beginning why there are paranormal groups is to help exorcists get through their objective diagnosis. We will not acknowledge evil. 
for the sole purpose of helping demons to exist in our reality. That's why we would not give the devil any attention. Now is that clear? If you want all Reverend G.P. Haggard to get involved in your demonic haunting, which all hauntings are, are full of demons, if you want me to get involved, I want to see the evidence. I'm not going to go and drop what I'm doing and go and investigate a case because it's a waste of my time. So the Bible talks about how demons go about and will perceive themselves as, as dead people. Now, I really wish I could take all of you on an exorcism. I really do. And I usually have an open invitation for anybody who wants to do an exorcism. Heck, you can invite me to your Paracon. And if the, if the venue will allow it, and if people want their demons out, I'll do an exorcism there to show you and have you talk to the demons just so that you can see what their mannerisms are like and how they talk. Because if you ever talk to a demon, they are sure as hell are going to try everything they can to exist. They will hold on to that person or that home for dear life and if you don't know what you're doing, you can invite more into the place. So I'm going to read you an excerpt from my book, and I hope it does scare the hell out of you, so that you understand this, the the whole origins of the the mediums and psychics that's going on right now in the paranormal community. Now, keep in mind, I love you guys. I really do. But I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you. So, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the paranormal community, the whole knowledge that's going on um, that mediums have, psychics have, stems from the New Age movement. And spiritism from the late 1800s. So here's an excerpt from my book. On the night of December 8, 1963, American author Jane Roberts and her husband Robert Butts were experimenting with a Ouija board in their um, Elmira, New York apartment on research for the evidence of extrasensory perception, or ESP. Unexpectedly, the board began to spell out words, and when the couple asked the spirit's name, the board spelled out Seth. Soon, Seth's idea began flying. I'm sorry, Seth's ideas began flying into Jane's mind faster than she could write them down. Finally, she decided to let go and let Seth take over. When Seth came, came forward, Robert witnessed her demeanor and voice change to that of a masculine figure. Seth manifested itself as a distinct, witty, 
gregarious personality. Jane's voice would become stronger, deeper, and both Robert and Jane acknowledged a great power in Seth's voice. Seth acted as a wise, um, parental, old man, old, I'm sorry, I'm just adding words in here, old friend from the past, made, uh, made no mis- make no mistake in showing how fully superhuman it was with, with claiming to have existed before planet Earth was formed. Witnesses who met with Seth stated it was distinctly a spirit who came through Jane. As months went by with session after session with Seth, Robert took down notes which were published under the title How to Develop Your ESP Power, which I read, by the way, when I was in the occult. But was later changed to the coming of Seth. And I encourage you to look for the old version of that book. Just the, the book cover. You can find it online. It's purple. And just look at it. If you can do that now, go go online and look for the old cover of the coming of Seth. And you'll see Jane uh, Jane's face on the cover there and I'll talk about that in a moment. One day to the couple's surprise Seth announced that she that, that he wanted to write a book. This spirit wanted to write a book. Can you believe that? For four nights a week Jane yielded to Seth as it talked and Robert took notes and uh, Well, in 1972, Seth's book was published as a full-scale spirit-authored book with the title, Seth Speaks. The Eternal Validity of the Soul, completely written by Seth, yet transcribed and edited by Robert Butts. And Butts added notes on a sidebar describing Jane's facial expressions and mannerisms while under the influence of Seth. In the book, Seth comments on science, religion, philosophy, the nature of reality, hmm, and ethics. Isn't that interesting that he had to talk about reality? As years went by, Seth authored eight more books. Yet the most famous titles are The Nature of Personal Reality, The Seth Book, The Unknown Reality, Volume 1, The Unknown Reality, Volume 2. Notice here a pattern, reality, and like I said before, demons got to get into your reality. They need your attention. The nature of the psyche, it's human expression. 
the individual and the, the mature, the nature of ma uh, mass events. The Seth book, dreams, evolution, and value fulfillment, volumes one and two. <laughs> the magical approach and the way toward health. Jane had published many other books under her own name, and when the books of Seth and Jane were compared, they were widely different with the writing styles and reflected repersonalities clearly incompatible. The sessions and writings continued until Jane's death in 1984 and Seth's voice ceased. Thank God. As people bought Seth's books and observed them, Seth's influence grew. Over 7.5 million Seth books have been sold worldwide. There is a Seth Learning Center, and many believe Seth's message ignited, get this, the New Age Movement, which does not show any signs of letting up. The teachings of Seth, this is the part that's probably going to scare the hell out of you. Remember, Jane was the unknown founder of the New Age Movement, but actually that spirit named that claimed to be Seth was, and it's about to be exposed. The teachings of Seth is believed to be the e equal, to be, be equal or greater in importance than those of Jesus Christ by those who read them. Readers find the Seth books to be like an early beloved school teacher whose influence persists throughout our lives and it speaks with humor, compassion, and patience. Now I'm mocking specifically because I know what's going on here. I know what these things do. The Seth books present an altered map of reality with a new diagram of the psyche. Reality and the psyche, people. <laughs> On the outside, the Seth movement appears to be peaceful, loving, and such, but there is a hidden story behind Seth that goes untold. Now, embrace yourself, folks. You're going to Paracons, you're going to places, and you're buying crystals. Oh, you're buying these books that Seth wrote, and you're just feeling so much greater about you, but there's something hidden going on. You're consulting mediums, you're going to psychics, but you don't know the full story. Interestingly, not long after the Ouija board session, Jane and Robert sought to verify Seth's existence. A seance was formed and Seth asked everyone present at the table to concentrate on Jane's arm. Robert Butts described the hand had begun to change in appearance and resembled a paw. Remember that. 
a resemblance of Paul. Spirits, demons, can actually do this. It's called a demonic transformation. They can actually change the physical body when they are fully enveloped into the body. But said that he had a very eerie feeling and that the hand became stubbly and fat for a moment and changed back to its Paul-like appearance. Seth asked Butts to touch it, which he did, describing the sensation of Jane's hand as feeling very cold. That should tip you off there too. Wet and clammy and unusually bumpy. Witnesses then said Seth made the whole for Paul glow. Jane did not believe in demons, but later, while being in her bedroom, she began to be aware of a dark, looming, menacing figure. The figure proceeded to drag her around and even bit her hand, ending the session with, with trying to, to kill her, in which she screamed. After the event, she changed her mind about demons. Rather than halting all further uh, experiments with the Ouija board, Jane decided to ask Seth about the, the incident, which it promptly stated, and I quote, was merely a projection of her mind, the energy of hidden fears, and not him. One of the books of Seth called Seth Speaks has Jane's face on it, taken during a session when Jane became, came through, or uh, Seth came through, which displays her horribly disfigured face. Now, if you're looking at that image, I want you to look at it. And from an exorcist point of view, that picture is what exactly a demon looks like when it comes through a person. Jane was in a possession of a demon. When a cultist, Tal Brook, first saw the book cover, he described staring at the, the gnarled face of Jane Roberts as contorting like a vampire in a Polish horror, horror film. Brooke was familiar with Egyptology and stated after seeing the cover of the book, Seth is the name of the Egyptian god of evil. Sure enough, Seth is another name used for the Egyptian god Set, who is described as having the head of a dog or jackal, the brother of Osiris and the personification of physical evil and darkness and is believed to be the adversary of good. Do you recall the event of the seance when Seth morphed Jane's hand into a Paul? I should also note that the name Seth is also found in the Bible in Genesis after Cain killed his brother Abel. Adam and Eve had a, had a child and re, to replace Abel. 
The name Seth means appointed, and was precisely what this spirit is appointed by the dark side to do. Come forth and dictate doctrine to the entire world in order to lead people away from God. When Seth came forward in Jane, she contorted horribly. Her voice deeply changed. And her, the spirit claimed to be older than the earth. Sadly, millions around the world have been deceived by the couple's willingness to open themselves up to demonic possession, demonic teachings, and have brought about a false religion in the form of the New Age movement. The devil is a deceiver. You find that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. The Apostle Paul warns the Corinthian, warned the Corinthians that the devil can disguise himself as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11.14 Paul is writing about the danger of the false teachers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. 2 Corinthians 11.13 These deceitful workmen are agents of the greater deceiver. False teaching, false gospel, and false teachers persist and trouble the churches. Now, here is the kicker that brings everything together. This Seth wrote books through a person. Now, a lot of people think, well, when they read the Bible verses talking about demons, they take it for a grain of salt, but it's serious, folks. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 expresses the ability that demons are able to teach new doctrines to humans, just as in the case of Jane Roberts. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies to hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So there you have it. This is clearly set that Jane was harvesting through, was bringing about, was letting speak, and set a demonic entity, was allowed to write books, getting them published worldwide. People bought them by the millions and are still being deceived today by demonic doctrine. And you're falling for it. You're going and reading these books, getting into the New Age movement, and you're getting sucked in by believing in the mediumship and psychics. Why? And it saddens me, because I've been there. 
I had a spirit guide. I would conjure up, conjure up demons. <laughs> I don't, I don't laugh because, well, it is funny, but it's just, it's sad. And when I go to a paracon, when I when I meet somebody who's a medium, I talk to the person. But I'm really, I'm truly sad inside for what they're doing because they're walking around with a blindfold. They think, and I know because I've been there, that their eyes are open and they only wish that other people could hear or see or see the truth that way I see it too where I can I could talk to dead people it's just so easy and I wish people could could learn this and do this too trust me it's not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth because there's a reason why God and this is the precisely the reason why and that that Jane went through and her husband why God says don't do it don't go consulting mediums or psychics because it's all demonic deception Uncle Bob is not haunting your house I guarantee it It's all a ruse. The devil, like I, I try to tell people, the devil has had thousands of years to perfect his craft. And he's good at it. I've had been involved in exorcisms where the demon is still pleading to be somebody out of that person. But the more I push the word of God, the more they finally come through and plead with me and give me their name please don't cast me out please don't cast me out and they get violent they get angry and their true nature comes through and they admit that they're a demon they will play the ruse all the way up until they're cast out trust me Uncle Bob is not haunting your house. Uncle Jane, Aunt Jane is not, or Aunt, uh, Aunt Anna, whatever family you have. I'm reminded of a story in California where there was a lady when uh, the whole war broke out in Afghanistan after 9 11. I remember reading a story about this lady in California. Um, she got notice that her 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 son uh, died in in action, and she was so emotional, and uh, she went to bed that night just heartbroken. And then at the foot of the bed, an apparition formed, and it was her son. And she said to her, and her son said to her, "I'm okay. Everything is okay." And she got even more heartbroken because there was confirmation that her son died. So she went on thinking that her son died 
for days. And then a month went by. One day, she gets a knock at the door. She opens the door. Guess who's there? Her son. Alive and well. Had come home. Was rescued. And he's there. This is the ruse that demons like to do. They like to pretend that you're, you're, they're, they are your spirit guides and they're going to guide you. I get that. I've been there. But it is not true. It's not. Oh, you're going to have uh, Uncle Bob haunt your house and he's going to maybe write some stuff down or something like that. Or, oh yeah, he used to do that. Well, there's a reason why in the Bible they're called familiar spirits. In the Old Testament, they were called familiar spirits because of one reason. They are familiar with what you are doing. They watch you all the time. They pick up what you're doing. And then when you die... They play the part of you, and they will continue to do that so they can gain human attention to enter your reality, find their victims, <coughs> excuse me, so they can gain your life and ruin it and take over and ultimately kill you. They want to ruin your life. So don't go consulting mediums, don't go, go uh, consulting psychics. I'm sure that a lot of people are really nice people. And, you know, I've met some really decent and nice psychic mediums in my work, in ministry work. They're really great people. But you got to stop. you got to open your mind up to reality. I'm pleading with you. As somebody who's been there, who's somebody who is very knowledgeable in demons, has, has seen the truth, has talked to demons, please, don't do it anymore. You're, you're going and deceiving other people, and you're actually drawing them away from God. So I end this podcast with that. I hope that this opens your eyes up to the whole reality of psychics and mediums. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and thank you for the teaching that was laid out before, before us, before everybody. We ask, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins we ask Lord that um, you can help more people to open up their eyes about psychics and mediums and familiar spirits and demons and what is actually going on and what your word says help them through your Holy Spirit through this podcast please open their eyes, open them up let them see the light of, uh, of who you are. And may they come to Jesus.
we love them, Lord, and we we ask, Lord, that they will come to you and uh, see the truth. We ask all this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I hope that all of you have a great time, whatever you're doing. I'm proud of a lot of, a lot of you people. I know a lot of you out there, and I'm really proud of what you accomplished. And, uh, and uh, I look forward to meeting a lot of you, you know, should I go to any future cons or whatever, you know, stop by, say hi. Shoot me an email. Say hi. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter. And uh, shoot me a line. Say hi. And uh, have a good one. been listening to the exorcist podcast a production of haggard enterprises 2021